You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. time in a long time but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side beast mode no one's blocking our way <laughs> these other guys tried it but them man ain't got the skills of brazen and davy brazen and raging bringing you the thrills and spills right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady dvp the bd elite right here in full gear about to blow up like tnt us man are too sweet brady dvp the bd elite Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next. And this is a special breakfast slash brunch edition, depending where in the world you are, of BD Elite. We are on your podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you found us. Thank you very much for listening. And of course, we are live on twitch.tv slash Up Next Podcast. Hello, Twitch Room. Uh, but I'm not joined today by uh, my usual tag team partner, Braden Harrington. I am joined by Mr. Shot in the Dark himself, John Ceno Evil. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm doing well. I mean, at this point, I feel like we've established like the free bird rule, right? Like anybody can just kind of like take the spot of a BDE member, I guess, for any of these shows. So here I am on this lovely, foggy Thursday morning. Is it Thursday? Not, I, I lost track. Thursday morning. Yes, it is. Th- yeah, <laughs> Thursday morning for you, Thursday for afternoon me. for me. Uh, yeah, it's foggy there. We It snowed here today. Um, mm. This time last week, I was walking around in shorts and t-shirt. It was about 22 degrees, and today it's about zero and we had a little flurry of snow so and there's it's really strong wind like my trees in my garden are just blowing all over the place it's it's been the same here last week i was outside with like a short sleeve shirt and then earlier this week it was like windy and there's snow coming down like it's i don't know what's going on climate change you know yeah Mm. yeah 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 um but yeah this is a a crazy week in the world of wrestling we are here today to talk about last night's AEW dynamite but there's a lot of stuff going on it's wrestlemania weekend we've got so many shows obviously wrestlemania smackdown tomorrow we've got 
Rampage, we've got the Supercard of Honor show, there's the multiverse of matches that Impact's producing, um, there's all your kind of, uh, the collective shows, you've got the GCW show, Spring Break, Bloodsport, all of that, and John, uh, how do you feel? Because I believe you're pretty much going to be watching all of these this week. Yeah, I mean, today is a little light for me. I think the only shows I'll be covering are Bloodsport, which is not till later on this afternoon. And then there is a, uh, a March Hitchcock, like Russell Kahn, um, super show tonight, which actually looks really good. Some of the matches on there look really good. So tonight's a little light. So I get to like, kind of like, you know, ease, ease my way into it. But then tomorrow is just like, I don't know what's going on tomorrow. There's like the Super Card of Honor, but it's happening at the same time as like Impact because that starts at 10. So I'm sure there's going to be a little overlap and I'm covering both of those shows. And then I do kind of want to watch, you know, um, the Hall of Fame at some point, but I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to because I have to sleep before I wake up and watch uh, stand and deliver because I'm doing a report for that. And then I'm doing a report for WrestleMania Saturday. So between Friday and Saturday is going to be pretty crazy. Um, and then Sunday, you know, obviously it kind of goes back to Sunday is the only day I'm not doing anything. I don't think I think I can actually just relax and watch WrestleMania without having a, a, a computer in front of me. So that's going to be good. But, um, yeah, starting tonight, I know there's like other shows happening today. There's a show, I think at 12 o'clock, our time is like the first like official WrestleMania show, which has like Josh Alexander against Warhorse or something. Um, so I'll, I'll probably get around to all these shows, but like the ones I'm covering, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be pretty crazy. But you know what? It's just fun to me. It feels like, if, you know what? It feels like, um, I don't know what's the equivalent. It feels like a like a kind of like a comic con where you kind of go there and there's all these different like uh you know panels to go to. Like oh, I'm gonna go on this side and watch you know this guy talk about this thing and that's what it feels like to me. Like kind of like jumping around and to see like it, what's it, happening on each side. Yeah, it definitely feels like a festival to me where yep. you, where you're looking at the lineups and you're going ah oh, but I want to be at uh like pyramid stage for this one but at the same time this artist is playing on that stage and you've got to try and work out oh well do I just stay for that one and then go there. Um, luckily this is all on kind of, uh, fight TV and stuff. So, uh, we'll yeah. get the chance I mean, when, to see, when, but when WrestleMania happened in New York, like it was fun. Cause like literally I would wake up and be like, so uh, what's happening today? I look at my phone and there's like some show called pancakes and power drivers at a hotel. That's like 20 minutes from me. And I'm like, all right, let me just wake up and go to that. Nice. Like, it's kind of cool. Like be in the area and just like literally pick and choose what you want. But you know, we're doing it digitally this year. So yeah. Hopefully next year. And where is your, uh, where are your excitement levels? What what kind of shows or what matches in particular are you are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, Bloodsport is like one of my favorite shows. So like when we're kind of like going over like who's gonna do what, like John Pine obviously is like the GCW resident for Pulse Wrestling now. But I told him I was like, listen, you can do any every single GCW show you want. I mean, you can do Spring Break, whatever. But let me get Bloodsport, and he's like, you can go for it because that's more of like my thing. He's not like really too into the Bloodsport aspect of it. So I'm really excited for Bloodsport. Um, just a lot of like these like random shows. There's like USA versus the World, which has like a Michael Oko on it, which is interesting. I think it's him against Rich Swan, which is like a match that like you know I wouldn't really expect. So matches like that are obviously going to, like, pique my interest. But then you have, like, your Supercard of Honor, obviously, is, like, going to be, like, the most talked-about shows. I feel like we're going to finally figure out what this new direction of Ring of Honor is, and I'm sure we're going to get, like, one or two surprises on that show. Uh, the Multiverse of Matches is obviously going to be pretty exciting. You have these different type of promotions kind of wrestling with each other. And then, obviously, the WWE shows. I mean, I'm excited for Saturday. I feel like Stand and Deliver is going to be a really good show. Um, I feel like... Uh, the Saturday, I feel like the WrestleMania Saturday has my interest more than Sunday because there's like more happening. I feel like on Saturday you had this Seth Rollins surprise match, or whatever. You had the Kevin Owens Stone Cold factor, whatever's going to happen with that. Um, so I feel like between Friday and Saturday, like those 24 hours is going to be a lot of like just talk talked about segments and matches between those two days. Yeah, it, it's definitely a daunting weekend but in a good way like it's my main problem is is there's so much i want to watch but trying to figure out when i, I can see a lot of this being kind of 
coming up to up next and BD Elite next week, and I still haven't managed to to watch quite everything yet. But that's a good predicament to be in, I think, because it's yeah. it is, is exciting, and it's been a while since we've really had. I know there were shows going on last year, but it, it wasn't really the same. And this this really yeah, feels feel back to how it was, um, like back three, four, five years ago. So it is it is exciting, and definitely Supercard yeah. of Honor definitely has my interest. And it was interesting on tonight's, well, sorry, last night's uh, AEW. They were promoting certain matches that are going to be on there. They promoted the uh, Wheeler Utah Josh Woods um, Pure Rules match. They promoted FTR. Uh, didn't say who they were facing, but they were saying they were going to go for the ROH championships. But they were just saying on Friday, and which makes sense. Obviously, it's a kind of different network and all that. So why would they promote where it is, especially when it's up against Rampage? Um, but kind of letting letting fans know that these matches are happening. And I guess if you're interested, you'll go out your way to kind of try and work out when and where. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for, like, Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, they're, like, hyping up this match that, like, nobody's probably going to watch. Like, it's literally, like, sandwiched between the Hall of Fame and Supercard of Honor, and it's going to be pretty tough, you know, for people to actually watch Rampage. That's probably going to be, like, the last show I watch on Friday, you know, at all the shows that are happening. I want to get around to it because there's some pretty good matches on there. Yeah. I, but um, luckily, I, yeah, luckily I was able to request, like, four days off from my actual job, so I'll be able to have a little bit of time. So. Amazing. Yeah, there, there's... It, it doesn't look like they're kind of just uh, coasting on this week's Rampage. They have put some big stuff on there. This Keith Lee Powerhouse Hobbs feud has been uh, going for a while. This has been the kind of thing they've been building to. Um, and, I mean, obviously, if you someone who just watches Dynamite, you, you haven't really... You've only seen kind of the highlights from Rampage. But this has been the main feud going on Rampage for the last few weeks. So you've got that. Yeah. You've got Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue. You've got House of Black versus Evil Uno, Stu Grayson of Fuego Del Sol, which I think will be pretty awesome, to be honest. Um, yep. It says Chris Statland. Young Bucks and Top Flight. Young Bucks. Yes, Young Bucks and Top yeah. Flight. That would be uh, awesome too. Obviously, both teams in a kind of different position than first time round when they, they had this match. Um, it said Chris Statlander will talk for the first time since her return. I, I wasn't aware she went away, and I'm pretty I sure I've heard her, her talk as well. <laughs> I think they mean from her, like her return from washing her face or her makeup, I guess. That's like the first time okay. she's spoken, I guess, since that. But, I mean, it makes sense for them to like stack up Rampage, because I think last week's Rampage was like the lowest viewed Rampage like from its like like regular time slot. So I'm sure like Tony Khan probably feels a little bit of pressure, like, hey, these, you know, we got to get something going on. So for him, for him to be like, ah, I'm just going to do a throwaway show of Rampage, like the week after the lowest ratings, I don't think is like the uh, smartest idea. So I think he has to try his hardest. I never think it's a good precedent set, set anyway, doing these throwaways. Yeah. Um, we had, was it last summer when it was clashing with NBA and you were having the Saturday and the like the Friday and Saturday night shows and a lot of them did feel throw away and yep. I, I don't really see the point of that we've all got dvrs we've all got like access to it online or whatever to watch after the fact you want to put on good shows and you want to make rampage even if it's in a difficult time slot to be a thing man you're really missing out on that show whereas if you're just yeah. paying oh well you're gonna miss out on fuego del sol versus cutie marshall this week no disrespect to them but you're, you're gonna skip it yeah absolutely now, uh, we've got a lot going on uh, on Up Next over the next few days. We've got our review of our go-home show for Stand and Deliver. That's up on this feed, so go back and listen to our thoughts of that. The uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez reuniting 
given a big hug. They've forgiven each other for all the atrocities they've done to each other and they're going to go for gold. And uh, you've got an episode of Shot in the Dark up as well. Um, what are you covering? What have you covered this week on the show? Yeah, I mean, the big angle, I think, was coming out of Impact. It was, it was interesting because, like, between NWA and Impact, like, it's a little been a little weird because on one show, like, Mickey James and uh, Chelsea Green are feuding with each other because of their husbands feuding with each other. But on Impact, they were, like, best friends. So finally, Impact, like, I guess, caught up to NWA. So the big thing was, like, Chelsea turning on Mickey. So they're actually going to be doing a match at the Multiverse of Matches, which is the the couple. So you have Car- the Cardonas, uh, Chelsea and Matt, against uh, Nick Aldis and Mickey James. So that was, like, the, the main thing coming out of that uh Mako Sanamoro defends the title against Isla Dawn it was a pretty like you know not much happening on these shows which I think is okay for me like mm. to take a little breathers on some of these shows some of these weeks and I hope it's the same thing for next week because obviously like I don't think these shows are going to be having like too many big angles during Wrestlemania week so but it's still good to see like a couple uh like Quincy Elliott who appeared in the crowd of uh, NXT this past episode he actually had a match on um on the, against Joe Gacy on a level up. So, you know, you see a couple names that pop up here or there. Kind of get a, like a little preview, a little teaser of them before they make their debut on like the actual NXT show. So it's always good to see that. And then we have obviously this Saturday, our live review of NXT Stand and Deliver. They're finally back on the road after a few years now that they've done one of these big arena events. So really looking forward to it, actually. I, I know people have their criticisms about 2.0, but I think they've actually put together quite a good card. And I, I really hope it is a bit of a talking point at the end of the weekend, like takeovers used to be. Um, how it, how do you feel? What's the match you're most looking forward to for Saturday? Um, The, the latter match looks really good just because the name's involved. Um, I'm interested in... Braun Breaker. I feel like we might get some sort of like transformation of Braun Breaker. Like the fact that his uncle and dad are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and he's fighting for the, the NXT World Title. I feel like we might get like maybe like a promo afterward. I could see Scott Steiner being like, Nah, we're not going to call you Braun Breaker. You're a Steiner. You know, you're in this kind of like re Christian him as Braun Steiner or whatever they want to call him. I can see that happening as like a big talking point because I don't think it will get people happy. Like, oh, not only did he win the title, but he's actually using the Steiner name. Because I feel like when you go into the Hall of Fame, there's all these contracts and legends deals. So yeah. I could feel like the Steiner name could have just been given to WWE. Um, I could possibly see maybe not a physical appearance, but maybe like a video from Triple H. Mm-hmm. Just have some sort of presence over, over the show, obviously, after the news. I think he, if he is able to be there live, which I don't think he... I'm pretty sure he'll be in the area anyway. Um, I can see him get a huge reaction, um, obviously, with everything going on. I know Johnny Gargano is is uh, going to be in Dallas. He'll be doing WrestleCon. So, I mean, he's he could possibly make an appearance just to like show his face mm-hmm. or do something, especially with the whole Ciampa thing. Um, I can see like an in-ring segment where, you know, they kind of hug it out or whatever. You know, you never know. Um, but yeah, like matches, I mean, up and down, there's a lot of good matches for that. But I feel like the latter match is the one that has my attention. And Brayden and I will be having our post show. Uh, it'll be available on all your podcast apps, wherever you found this show, but also live on twitch.tv slash up next podcast. Uh, we'll probably go up about 10 minutes after the show finishes. I, I estimate this is probably going to be around probably two, two and a half hours. So uh, coming up to probably around the, the 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time mark. But just keep your eyes on our socials and we'll be going live very shortly after the event. And then that brings us to Sunday. We've got two events going on either side of the pond, starting with Braden hosting the uh, up next WrestleMania Night 2 watch party at Sneaky D's in Toronto. 
uh, very famous venue there. They've got the whole upstairs. Um, so go get your tickets. They're on Eventbrite. The link is in uh, in the description of this show. And uh, yeah, hang out with Braden and and other wrestling friends. Uh, get some nachos, get some wings, and yeah, enjoy the show. But then over here in the UK, I'll be hosting an up next live event at BritRes Podcasting isn't dead. I'm teaming up with the boys from the Grapple Spotlight and the British Wrestling Experience. Three live podcasts uh, at the Northern Monk Refectory in Leeds. Uh, some I've, I've heard I've not tried their beer, but everyone tells me their beer is fantastic. So go along, hang out with us at the brewery, and then we'll be going to walk about after to watch WrestleMania Night 2. But as they always say, card subject to change. And I've got a bit of drama to announce because we were scheduled to have a match. Cactus Chris Elliott, the winner of the inaugural Up Next Rumble, was supposed to challenge our man, Neil Flanagan, in a very hyped, very prestigious match. Loser gets a dick punch. However, it appears somewhere someone got to Neil first, attacked him. In his own home and delivered a dick punch so devastating that Aman Neil has not been medically cleared to compete this Sunday. So it's just like Mr. McMahon selecting Seth Rollins' opponent for WrestleMania this year. I will be hand selecting a suitable opponent to take on Chris Elliott. And well, we just hope at some point Aman Neil is back and fighting fit and able to get some retribution down the line um but yeah you'll have to wait to see till sunday who will replace our man neil has there been any like airport sightings of a of a one andrew thompson because i know he's been kind of like talking a lot of crap about neil and possibly going to lead so did he get to neil before everything happened i mean i I need to know i I have the best people on the case trying to figure it all out so uh yeah but um the show will still be going ahead we'll be playing a game of mastermind uh at up next um the up next mania kickoff show live on sunday but most of all i'm just really excited to hang out with everyone and again the link to get tickets is in the description um but yeah, a- anything else you kind of want to want to touch on before we get into this week's dynamite? Um, not necessarily. I mean, other than wrestling, I'll be going seeing the Morbius movie today, which I'm not too excited about. <laughs> I promise my son will see it, so I'm like, okay, let me just let's just get this out of the way before all the madness of wrestling starts. But he's like watching theory videos this morning, trying to figure out if like Andrew Garfield is in it. I'm like, listen, don't get your hopes up. You, you're probably not going to see Spider Man. There might be a reference or here or there. Um, I have the reviews haven't been too well for this movie, but to me, I'm going to treat it like Venom, where it's just like. Not like your MCU caliber movies, obviously, mm. but just something to just kind of like watch and turn my brain off and just watch, you know, a stupid vampire flying around. So I'm not like having my hopes up for this movie, but who knows? I might get surprised. It might be some sort of I don't want to know what the hell Michael Keaton's doing and, and how he's involved. That's, that's, that's my, my main, main like, question. Intrigue to it. Yeah, uh, I, I do hope it's something to do with what Adrian Toomes, the vulture. Um, yep. That would be cool. And especially because we've at least had some sort of acknowledgement of the them being separate universes but the possibility of connecting is a thing with your kind of venom crossover in the in like the stingers at the end of venom 2 and yeah. no way home 
so that's in- but I, interesting. I, I did see Moon Knight, and I absolutely loved it. I think that was probably the first show where the same day I ended up watching it again, because I watched it in the morning, and then during my break at, at, at work, I was like, that show was really good. I'm just going to throw it back out on my phone and watch it again and just... I don't know what it is about that show. It's just maybe the fact that we've never seen this character before. It's like the first Disney Plus show where it's a brand new character. Like, and I I know a little bit about him. Like, I started reading some of the comics just to get like an idea. But like, the show just totally like was so different, and I I, I loved it. And I, it le- obviously it ended like on a cliffhanger, and I just want to watch the next episode right away. Um, but I really enjoyed that show. And Oscar Isaac is amazing. Just his accents and just just everything about him is just really. I don't think I've on. seen him in anything where i haven't liked him i think he's such a great actor and i really hope one day he's a guy that kind of really gets his moment and really recognized for how phenomenal an actor he is and this part he can really showcase it because it's all these kind of split personalities and i i like it's got a kind of almost like supernatural like mythology mystery vibe going on which is always right yep. up my alley um but yeah i knew nothing about this just listened to to way and wh's primer the other day to kind of give me a little insight of what this character is but um yeah i th- for me one of the most intriguing kind of first episodes of these marvel tv uh disney plus series so i'm i'm really looking forward to continuing with that Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. This week's AEW Dynamite, March 30th, 2022. And the show opens with Cult of Personality hitting. CM Punk comes out. He is CM Trunks this week. And he is taking on Max Caster. And, well, it didn't take too long to get the Will Smith (laughs) uh, reference. Uh, Max Caster raps. He says, I'm like Will Smith. I'll slap you while you're smiling. But you like look like you hit more rocks than Hunter Biden. With your messed up teeth, your movies are the only way I'll ever go to sleep. You're not the voice of the voiceless. The ladies say you're the voice of the moistless. And homie, <laughs> you need to keep back and you'll be crapping your pants like you're a Z-Pack. Uh, referencing, yeah. Punk pooing himself when he had that. Uh, all those problems in WWE there. Uh, yeah. How was his rap this week? It was okay. I mean, I, I was hoping for more. Obviously, there's a lot of material you can say towards CM Punk, but there's only so much you can probably say without crossing the line. But yeah, obviously, we got a Will Smith reference. You know, they, he, his bad movies. Like it's kind of like a your standard thing. You know, a little Z Pack line here. But it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Uh, well, we get into the match, and uh, Max Caster's arm is all kind of taped up, so Punk is targeting that, kicking away at it. Goes for the Anaconda Vice early, but Caster escapes. And then Caster throws Punk sternum first into the turnbuckle. Punk still kind of on his, like, Bret Hart love fest here, taking the bump to the sternum. Uh, Punk comes back with a Manhattan drop. Caster attempts the Fisherman Buster, but Punk escapes. And then Caster hits this, like, nasty chop just the side of the neck, almost like, uh, kind of like Eddie Kingston's Hurricane. And then hits the Fisherman Buster for a two-count. Punk hits the Hurricane Rana off the top rope, followed by his knee-strike bulldog combo. He goes for his springboard clothesline, but Bowens grabs the ankle, and that allows Caster to hit him with a springboard dropkick while Punk is draped on the rope. And he got some distance here. I wasn't sure if he was going to connect here, but it, it looked pretty good. Caster then climbs the top, goes to the mic drop, but Punk rolls out of the way. And then Punk goes for the sit-out pile driver, but kind of doesn't get him up on the first attempt. And then finally picks him up, hits the sit-out pile driver, 
JR calls it a tombstone. Um, <laughs> Excalibur corrects him. And then Punk applies the Anaconda Vice and Caster taps, giving Punk the win. Yeah, the match was fine. Um, I did like how, I mean, this is like a recurring theme, I think, throughout the entire show. I was looking at the matches. I think every single match was a former WWE person beating like an AEW Maybe not original with the exception of Jay Lethal, but most of these guys are like, you know, known for AEW. But like, there were none of these are squashes. They're, they all kind of like, kind of stood with their opponents, including Max Caster here. So it was good to see him like escape out of the Anaconda Vice and, and, you know, kind of hit the mic drop. And then, you know, it was, you know, it was a good one on one match. But like, do you think that Max Caster got too much offense in? Like, you kind of no, had I, that face like. <laughs> I don't mind, like, I don't mind getting a, a bit of a competitive match here. Um, I felt it was a little more sluggish than usual um because caster's normally got some speed and even though punk is older he's still been moving pretty well i just found this one a little bit slow and a bit sluggish they they just looked a bit almost hung over doing this match yeah because even with the pile driver at the end kind of max kind of sandbagging him a little bit and what that that could be the issue because like these guys fight like once a week, right? They don't have house shows, mm. they don't have like other shows, and then like Tony Khan just kind of makes these matches on the fly, like that Wednesday morning. Like I don't know if that's like that's how early they find out about it. Maybe Punk didn't plan on wrestling. Now he's like, okay, well I guess I'm fighting Max Caster, a guy that I've never been in the ring with before. So it's like they have to kind of learn each other's styles like on the fly. Mm. So that could be it. The fact that they, you know they don't have like those everyday reps and like practices as much as like other um, wrestling groups might. That could be a reason why they kind of look sluggish. Yeah, it's I can see that interesting though you brought up uh you had like three matches with uh or four matches i guess with xwwe guys going over no every every, every single match. match if you think about it like, yeah cm punk yeah um john john moxley yeah. ftr uh, tony storm tony storm yeah and andrade, uh, andrade. yeah, yeah they're, right. every, they're all former WWE guys and so. three of them finished with a pile driver yeah and it's it's right, almost right, like right. ah we we weren't allowed to do this at the old place um yeah Tony Schiavone getting his workout in for the week, running around. He gets to the ring and asks Punk, hey, last week after your match, you you did this gesture around your waist. Uh, what was that all about? And Punk says, come on, Tony, you're smarter than that. Uh, I'm here for the people in the building and they all know what this means. And what does this mean? And they're all shouting, like, it means you want to be the champion. And Punk says, I don't know who the champ will be in a week. It'll either be Adam Cole or Cowboy Shit. And there may be a lot of grey in my beard. And there's sure going to be a lot more grey down the years. And a lot more scars to my forehead before my time here is done. But one thing is for sure. I know before my time here is up, I will be world champion. Um, Did I did I just miss this? Or has... Th- the title match has been confirmed for Cole and Hangman. Because he said it... Not I, not that I know of, no. Because they haven't confirmed anything. Punk said, uh, I don't know who will be the champ in a week. Um, in a... Mm, I mean, the earliest I can see it happening is at Battle of the Belts, which I think is not for, like, another two or three weeks. So that could be possibly where the match is happening. But we, as an audience, haven't been told okay. of anything. That, that's that's yeah. what I thought. And it seems a weird time with this, everything going on this weekend to kind of yeah. do no, a title match this see, soon. Um, uh, I find it funny how, like, last week when, um after the match, CM Punk kind of started doing, like, this, like this like uh news yeah. symbol and right away i'm like oh it's hangman page but excalibur was like oh he's uh referencing the dog collar match and then on some show i forgot which show i was i think it was a show with brayden where i was like that definitely wasn't the dog collar match he was talking about 
the the hangman noose and then today uh, on the show excalibur is like some people are conflicted some people think he's talking about the dog collar match some people think he's talking about hangman page i'm like no why do you keep talking about the dog collar match i don't think that references the dog collar at all like he's obviously referencing um um hangman page but obviously they want to keep everybody like you know kind of in their mind that they're gonna eventually do this mjf match uh rematch but um, i could definitely this is definitely gonna lead to punk and page do you think uh punk versus page for double uh double or nothing or you you see page yes. keeping the title for that yeah i can well hmm i mean i feel like cole and cole and punk would be like a better match i feel like promo wise it, it would like, make more sense like the, yeah baby face heel dynamic but unless you... but i can't i i can't see page like dropping the title unless he like gets screwed somehow mm. and then maybe take some time off and then comes back as like a recharged man because I, I can't see them flipping uh, page or punk to heal for this match you might have punk lean a little heel for it perhaps yeah. but i feel yeah. he's very popular right now w- would probably be more popular than page if you were doing that match and i feel you you possibly get the title on punk for that eventual rubber match with mjf which you could uh i mean i, I imagine you've got mjf and wardlow at double or nothing and then maybe i guess what full gear is that the next one yeah could, could you stretch it out that long? Yeah. Or yeah. Grand Slam in September, maybe MJF Punk. Yeah. If, yeah. if that's happening and, and, again. And whatever quarterly special, I guess, they're going to put on TNT, like, in between there. Um, I feel like Punk and, and Cole definitely would be better, like, promo-wise, because you have, like, that Britt Baker line. Who was MJF that mentioned, like, you know, you always have Britt Baker in your mouth or whatever. Mm. And Cole can definitely go back to that, like, hey, you've been mentioning my wife, I mean, my girlfriend, or whatever, yeah. ever since uh, you started here. So I, I personally would be more interested in a... Uh, a Cole Punk. Um, plus, you have, like, that Bret Hart, like, Shawn Michaels kind of, like, vibe with mm-hmm. them, too. Like, I feel like Cole is more of a, of a Shawn guy, obviously. Then you have this Bret kick that Punk has been on. So I feel like that could probably be a, a better match on paper. But, yeah, I'll definitely... So we haven't and, really and seen them hot potato any of the titles yet. So th- that would yeah. be the only thing. It would be a rather short hangman run. And I would assume Punk would beat Cole. So, uh... Yeah, I can see... Can you see, like, possibly, like, a... Kenny Omega or Young Bucks somehow getting involved, costing Paige the title, and that that can give like Paige a, a side. It sounds like Omega's out for a while still, isn't he? Because I think yeah. he's just gone into shoulder surgery or something. So yeah, but maybe like just even show up, or maybe like a Don Callis yeah. or somebody, somebody like involved with the whole Kenny thing, just because to give like Paige an out on maybe. to lose the title. Yeah, yeah. Well, we go backstage to MJF with FTR. They're being interviewed by Alex Marvez and. Uh, Mark Sterling, MJF's lawyer, is putting up pictures of Wardlow all around the arena saying that uh, this man is banned from the arena and if you see him, he is to be kicked out. And Marvez questions Max about uh, Wardlow and he says, hey, we don't say his name anymore. And Dax kind of interrupts and says, look, I don't understand what's going on with you two, um, but I want you to know that we don't have any problem with Wardlow. He's our friend, just like you're our friend. And we don't want to get in the middle of this. And Max says, well, I consider us more than just friends. We're family. And if you knew what Wardlow uh, used to say about you, he was always talking shit about you guys. Um, And then does the like pinnacle, you're always on top, puts his hand in the middle. And FTR reluctantly put their hands in the middle. But they're doing quite a nice uh, transition, I think, with FTR. It's not a drastic, like... Over one night, their baby faces. I think they're doing it quite uh, the transition quite nicely to these guys being full on 
baby faces and perhaps even being paired up with Brett down the line. Yeah, I'm happy about this because, like, when they, like, drop Tully, like, I'm like, are they just going to ignore the fact that they're, like, still technically part of the pinnacle? You know, like, the fact that they're actually going to explain, like, them being written off or leaving or whatever. I, I appreciate that for sure. We then go to our next match of the evening. Jay Lethal versus John Moxley. Uh, Justin Roberts with a nice little touch. Uh, Bill's Jay Lethal from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> which I quite like. Yeah, he's been doing that for a while. He does, like, a, he does like in the Macho Man voice, like... Out of Elizabeth, New Jersey. Like, every time he says that on, like, Dark or whatever, I always get, like, a little mm-hmm. kick out of that. It's a nice little touch. Uh, Lethal offers his hand, the code of honor, to start, but Mox doesn't shake it. Um, it's pretty uh, rough brawling to start with. Mox puts his arms behind his back and slaps Lethal, and he's just baiting him in to slap him back. They have a forearm exchange. Lethal then shoves Mox off the top rope, kind of stringing him up there, and it seems that Mox catches his knee. So he's selling the knee for the rest of the match. Lethal follows up with the Tope Suicida and continues to damage Mox's knee. Um, Excalibur, I don't know if you caught this, and this might have even been during uh, Picture in Picture. Excalibur says, uh, these two great former champions, and JR goes, who? What? I'm not it, it was such a like blink and you'll miss it or blink with your ears and you won't hear it or whatever. But I, re- so what, I rewound what, what, this. What? Did JR just say that? And he was like, who? And then what? Excalibur just continues. Jay Lethal and John Moxley here. Former ROH champion, champion, former AEW champion. And I was like, JR, come on. <laughs> So, I don't know if it was during this match, but there was definitely a match where, like, where they brought up the whole Ring of Honor thing, and then JR was kind of like, well, this is this is where the big boys play. I forgot what he said, but he was, like, implying that AEW is, like, where it really matters. Like, it doesn't matter what he did there. It was kind of like a WWE trope. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter what they do outside of here. But he definitely mentioned, I'm pretty sure it was this match where he was like, oh, you know, he's got to prove himself in AEW. This is where, like, you know, it really matters or whatever. So, I didn't catch that part with the whole who thing. I, it, but I think it was during Pitcher and Pitcher, because I get the fight uh, feed here, so I just watch it right through. He... He, he's got to plant the seed, so when they eventually do an AEW versus Ring of Honor uh, super show, you could have JR and Ian Riccoboni kind of, like, bickering on commentary. You know, they got to do We're going to get him in his heel role, like fake oh, yeah. fake Razor and Diesel manager, that all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> Mox then takes Lethal's head off with this huge lariat. Looked awesome. Goes for the pile driver, but Lethal punches away at the knee and then goes uh, hits the Lethal combination for a two-count Mox goes for the paradigm shift, but his knee gives in. There's then the lethal injection from Jay, but he gets caught in the rear naked choke. Uh, Lethal counters that into a pin, like Bret Hart style, for a near fall. Great near fall here. Followed by an enziguri and a brain buster. Lethal then goes up to the top, points to the heavens a la Macho Man, and hits the elbow drop for another awesome near fall. He locks in Mox for a tight cradle, and Mox just kicks out and then counters into the paradigm shift out of nowhere for the win. Um, I thought this was really entertaining, and I thought the near falls at the end, the how late Mox was getting his shoulders up, and one of them, I think he just did the, like, all he could do was, like, very barely roll his shoulder off the mat. Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I thought this was fun and, and kind of came out of nowhere, this match, for me. Yeah, I mean, these are two people that had never fought before. I never would have pictured them fighting. Uh, they're two, like, totally two different styles. Um, I liked this match a lot better than the first match. And, yeah, just like you, like, the final f- five minutes of them just kind of, like, 
kicking out each other's moves and reversing each other's moves. And it got to a point where I was like, is Lethal going to win this? Like, I, I felt like he could, he like, he really got me sometimes. And like, especially like, I think it was last week, he like cut a promo after his match where he's like, oh, I need to do something different. I need to change. So I wasn't sure like what direction they were going with with him. Like, is he going to get the win here? Is he going to lose and like kind of snap? And after the, you know, the match, they shook hands, but I thought he was going to like deck Moxley or do something. I don't know what was going on with this. Um, But yeah, I was really impressed with this match. Yeah, they're, they're definitely starting to tell a bit of a... Um, a story here, and maybe even JR kind of being down on Ring of Honor. They're sort of showing right. Lethal's maybe kind of in the twilight of his career, and uh, he's now on the biggest stage ever of his life after this long career and isn't getting the wins. So that they are telling something here with Lethal. Not quite sure where it's going to go next, but uh, it is interesting because he kind of debuted and then disappeared and would do you know, Rampage and Dark. And then it's the last couple of weeks, he's seemed to be featured uh, a bit more having the, the Adam Cole match and the John Moxie match. Uh, but yeah, th- this was good stuff. And I, I like the work on the knee as well throughout it. Um, as you mentioned at the end, Mox extends his hand and uh, an emotional lethal shakes it. We then get a bit of a Marina Shafir video package hyping her up. It seems like she's got a her main roster call up, if you will. Um, you're someone who's covered quite a lot of Marina Shafir on on things like Dark and I, I believe yeah. some other promotions. Um, just just tell us a little bit. And sh- we used to cover her obviously on NXT uh, not so long ago, but um, I've heard good good things. Yeah, I feel like we didn't really get like a chance to really watch her in NXT. Um, but ever since she's she's not signed to AEW, but she's like been appearing on Dark and Elevation, and she's been undefeated, and she's like really doing like really well. Like just like her style is great. Um, I think she's gonna be on either Bloodsport or one of these shows. She's gonna be on this week as well. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing her in that uh, environment. Um, but I think last week when I was doing the show with Way, like they had mentioned, like who can you see in the uh, Blackpool Combat Club? And right away I was like Marina Shafir. I think she would fit perfectly in there. She has that style. She has that aggressiveness, and um, we're going to find out later on like what they're going to be doing with Marina Shafir, but when they brought her up, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually really cool that they're actually like going to push her. I think even like her husband, Roderick Strong, like retweeted the video or whatever. I'm like, oh, look at that. He doesn't care. He's gonna he's retweeting AEW video. He doesn't care at this yeah. point. He probably just wants to join join his friends mm. at the Elite the elite Land over here. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see more of Marina and uh, see exactly what they're doing, but I feel like the one thing she's missing is like a manager or somebody behind her, and uh, William Regal just accompanying her to the ring would be badass, like my original choice was like Layla Hirsch, but after I see Marina Shafir, I'm like, yeah, she's a better fit. I want to see Shafir just kind of kick ass in the women's division. And they, they need that. They need like that that silent assassin that kind of comes in. She kind of reminds me of like um Black Widow. Okay. Like the way she like kind of went through like the whole like training um aspect of it. But um yeah, I can I can definitely see her being like a big presence in the women's division. No, that that's cool. I I think you're right. I think she'd be great in the the Blackpool Combat Club. Um I mean, I've been saying from day one, Layla Hirsch should be in Team Taz. And I think I'd like to see more of that. Um, we see it. I quite like it in NXT having Ivy Nile with Diamond Mine. I, th- I think it's you should have factions have both members. Uh, yeah, you don't really have that in with the exception of what Chris Statlander, I guess, with the best. I friend, guess the bunny you don't really... as well with the AFO, yeah, the bunny. Yeah. On a more kind of on a higher level, I, I think could really right. work and have uh into there's so many factions here so why not we go to our next match ftr taking on the gun club uh ftr are wearing kind of cool nwo like scott hall style ftr vests i thought looked pretty nice um i love ftr's music but 
Gun Club got to have a bit of a listen here, and I think their music's pretty cool too, to be honest. It's one of my favorite songs, like when they started using it on Dark. It has like that like um, spaghetti western, Ennio Morricone type of vibe to it. Like it really, I, I love it. I think it's really great. But yeah, they're both like two really, like probably the two best songs. They had like a, some like twit, uh, was a Twitter or YouTube thing where it was like the best AEW theme song. And I think the last four ended up being like Adam Cole and like uh, CM Punk. I forgot what the other two were, but I'm like, no, where's FTR? Yeah, FTR where's, uh, where's the gun club, you know? So, so. Just before the match starts, MJF's music hits and he comes out to join commentary. Uh, we get these nice looking arm drags and drop kicks from Wheeler. A super kick to Colton and just quick tags back and forth from FTR capitalizing on the gun club. And then Billy Gunn on the outside just with this huge haymaker to Wheeler as Aubrey is distracted. This allows the gun club to take advantage of Wheeler and he's beaten down for quite a while Eventually manages to get the hot tag to Dax, who lights them both up with punches and chops and the short arm lariat for a two count. And then we see backstage that Wardlow has shown up to the arena and starts beating up security. He power bombs a guy onto a popcorn table. I am the table. This poor guy, this thing did not break. And then Wardlow comes through the crowd and points at the announcer desk where Max is. He's beaten up security guys on the steps. Back to the match. Dax tries a sunset flip. But Billy grabs the arms of, I think it was Austin here, right in front of Aubrey. And Aubrey's going, no, you can't do this. Wheeler kind of leapfrogs Dax, breaking up uh, this between the father and son, allowing FTR to hit the big rig for the win. Yeah, AEW's got to do something about this referee situation. Yeah. It's way too much. They need I mean, I'm training. Being, I'm being, yeah, I mean, I'm being, you know, I'm being, like, sarcastic about it. But, like, you know, it does happen a lot. And it's funny to see, like, Billy Gunn and Aubrey's, like, kind of politely, like, hey, get off. Like, I need to get off. Like, no, push them off. Like, yeah. do something. And MJF, even on commentary, was like, oh, these referees are the worst or whatever. Um, the whole Warlow thing, like, it kind of gave me, like, WCW vibes, but, like, in a good way, a kind of a good way, where it's like he's, like, running through the, the, the backstage while they just cut away from the match. Like, they don't care about the match anymore at that point. But it was cool to see him kind of, like, run through security and make his way down um, to ringside or whatever. Um, but the match was okay. Um, I, I, I had, like, Gun Club had, like, kind of, like, Shawn Michaels-inspired gear. I don't know if you noticed that, like, with, yep. like, the way they came out with, like, the little... So I thought that was, like, kind of pretty cool to have, like, the another, like, scenario where it's, like, the Brett guy, the Brett guys against the Shawn guys or whatever. Um, the match was fine. I mean, it was, you know, obviously it was just more of a setup for this whole Wardlow thing. Yeah, it was more of a backdrop um, to everything yeah. else going on. Um, yeah, but it, it was fine. I, li- I like the ending, like, the whole transition with, like, the leapfrog from Wheeler to knock, knock off Billy into the big rig. Like, that was cool. What was nice to see, though, is how... This this Wardlow stuff is working. Like from just the weekly power bombs and the slight glances between him and MJF to him getting a huge reaction here. This did feel like kind of attitude era where the, the baby face yeah. just storms through and because the crowd were going nuts for this guy and which just shows this is a success because I think when this this guy first debuted, I'm like, okay, it's just a big muscle man and can't say I was too interested. Hadn't really heard of much he'd been doing <laughs> outside of the you know, company but he you know what's funny if, if you go back to i forgot what it was like one of the early early AEW shows where they first started showing like those videos for for Wardlow, and nobody had any idea who he was because he wasn't like an indie guy or whatever but like if you go back and watch the video now everybody in the video is people that we know now like Warlow's walking around with anna jay on his arm and then he's attacking like lee johnson and alan angels i'm like literally everybody <laughs> in that video at the time we had no idea who they were but looking back at it now we're like oh he's all AEW guys but yeah just i feel like he's had one of the 
the biggest like success stories like a homegrown an actual homegrown AEW guy who I feel like is going to be world champion one day yeah 100% after the match FTR and MJF get into each other's face uh, they're pissed at him uh, kind of they they're taking this like hunt to be the best in the world very seriously and they don't like all these distractions like Tully and MJF and Wardlow they say he's our friend too but MJF kind of brushes it off and celebrates with them we get a promo for the main event of Rampage this Friday. It's Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs says, You've been a thorn in my side since before you arrived. All I heard is bask in this, bask in that. While well, Rampage is mine and Ricky Stark's show, and you will bask in defeat. Uh, I thought Hobbs sounded pretty decent here. I, I can't say I've really... I, he's had some things to say in the past, but I can't say I've ever really noticed him being good or bad either way. But I thought he he sounded pretty great in this like produced promo here. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this match. You know what? What do you call it? Big lads wrestling. Big lads right? wrestling. Um, I I haven't seen the results. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Of, ...of this show, but I, I kind of hope Hobbs wins. I feel like he needs to win more. Uh, Keith Lee can definitely bounce back from it, I feel like. Um, but I'm really looking forward to, to this match whenever I get around to it this weekend. Yeah, I, I do think Rampage looks pretty good this week. It, it is just, as we mentioned at the top, a matter of time uh, fitting all this in. Um, but yeah, whether this will be, maybe we'll get a bit of a screwy finish. You could have Starks interfere and get the win for Hobbs because I can definitely see this continuing and maybe yeah, seeing the match on cause... Dynamite at some point. Yeah, I'm sure Swerve might get involved, and eventually they might do a tag team match. That's like what they've been kind of building for, is like Swerve and Keith against uh, Hobbs and Starks. Yeah. We go to the Jericho Appreciation Society, and Chris Jericho says, For three weeks we've been a revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Everyone wants to be a part of the JAS, but that's not going to happen. There are only five of us, and all the other people who want to be a part can GFY. And then... <laughs> Daniel Garcia in a white tank top and a baby blue Kangol, <laughs> like Samuel Jackson style hat, just looking 
fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can see these guys having, like, the best fun, like, when they go to, like, to, uh, you know, pick up their clothes. They're just, like, picking the most ridiculous things, like, from backstage. Like, yeah, I'm gonna wear this and this. Like, they're having fun with it, but their their looks are, like, expanding, like, to ridiculousness every week. Yeah, and definitely sort of a cool hand-to-hand with, like, the braces and the shirt, like, really going into that. And then what is it? Uh, Daddy Matt. Matt Menard had, like, that Daddy silver, like, like, Jericho, like, yeah. Silver, like shitty magician kind of <laughs> jacket on um garcia says and then jake and then jake has no shirt, no shirt. He's like there with his jeans jay, on, yeah. i mean uh jr was going on about him but hager looked in great shape here yeah uh he's jacked and like leaned out as well looked looked really yeah i wonder if he has like a bellator maybe yeah he looked soon, in yeah. good condition uh garcia says we took out these guys for good and they want to take a a piece of us and they ain't gonna and then Matt Menard's like, I want to take a peek. And he like pulls back a curtain. And he's like, no, nope, they're not there. And then Jake says, we beat them up and get it through your heads. We beat them up and they're not coming back. Look, they're not here. They're not anywhere. And he pulls down the other curtain and surprise, surprise, Santana, Ortiz and Kingston are there and they beat them up. Uh, before we continue to the beat down in the yes. ring, uh, what were your thoughts of this? Well, it's it's funny the whole beatdown thing because like ever since the whole Kingston thing, the day that he was wearing the five, the four pillars shirt, like, he hasn't been seen since, right? He's been like you know whatever, like missing. So this past week, when Tony Khan or whoever was promoting AW Dark, they they posted a match, the main event with Eddie Kingston versus Bear Boulder, and this is like an old mm. match that was taped back like in December or whatever, and all the comments were like. This is so dumb. Why would you re-debut Eddie Kingston on an episode of Dark when he's been like hurt or missing, or whatever? So AEW promptly deleted the tweet and they cut the match from the show. Like it never even happened. So I guess they took that criticism to heart. Like, hey, I guess it's true. Like if this guy's been written off, why would you have him randomly appear in an episode of Dark that in in storyline is supposed to be like live or in continue? You know what I mean? So it made sense for him to like not be on that show. But um, yeah, this whole reveal thing, I actually didn't expect it this soon. Honestly, like they've been doing the whole like behind you know taking a peek taking a peek behind the curtains but i didn't expect it to be like right then and there i expected them to kind of like pop up maybe like in a week or two but yeah that was a cool little i guess reveal finally they were just kind of sitting there yeah it's i i find this with jericho a lot of the time when he's this comedic heel uh and definitely the the inner circle had an element of this and then back to kind of the owens jericho uh partnership back in the day um the jas are deliberately lame right they're they're deliberately they're taking the piss out of sports entertainment they deliberately have terrible lines like gfy and terrible names um there has to be a bit of a balance because it can just sometimes be a bit too goofy and a bit too lame where you don't take the whole thing that seriously and i i'm thinking back to you did this with the pinnacle and in in a circle where they're like looking they open one door and they're not there and then they open the other door and the inner circle were there it's a little goofy um, when you're like trying to build up a bit of a blood feud between these two. But I do think when it got to the kind of beatdown when they went ringside, it did get a bit more serious. And that's when it picked up for me and kind of redeemed itself. Uh, so they're brawling towards ringside. Eddie is biting Jericho's head. There's the the Uricon, the spinning back fist to Jericho. And then Proud and Powerful go for the street sweeper for Jericho uh but Hager makes the save and starts taking out Eddie taking out everyone Garcia then applies the sharpshooter to Kingston as Jericho starts to use the bat uh, on his back and then uses his belt and starts whipping 
Eddie. Uh, yeah, th- this kind of saved it by the end. I thought they, they really brought kind of the, the violence and the brutality with the beatdown. Yeah, it was fine. I think it went like a little bit too long, I feel like, at the end, but it was okay. Like, I honestly expected somebody to come out and save them. Like, I kept, like, the fans kept looking. I'm like, who's going to come out like, to even this out and make it five on five? I think they're eventually going to do that. I just don't know who they can get to, to fill, like, the two spots for them. I mean, could this be, uh, you could do, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club down the line yeah. like you you had them wanting cool, yeah. to recruit garcia right so that could be a bit of the story like if eventually those two worlds collide where they try and get garcia like what are you doing with these idiots and and they get attacked uh but yeah i definitely see probably jas and these guys plus another two as the blood and guts match down the line would you think yeah I'm trying to think like what other tag teams are out there um, with like the connection to Kingston. Like you have like Penta is out there, right? You're gonna have Penta and Abrahantes come out like to help them. Like I don't know. There's gonna be some sort of like team out there that we probably aren't thinking of that can probably help them out. But I do like your idea of uh, of Moxley and uh, Danielson just for like that match alone. Like would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I'm just like, trying to see match. when Blood and Guts was last year because I feel it wasn't that long after Revolution. Okay, it was May. So that is something okay. you could do in May. Like I, that's okay. yeah. that's not too far away. And then it's you'll have Revolution a bit after, so you build up to the probably Eddie Jericho two and whatever you want to do with. Uh, I almost mm. called him Ambrose. What a blast to the past! But uh, Box <laughs> and Danielson. Um, but yeah, th- these guys are fun. We go backstage to Jade Cargill with uh, Smart Mark Sterling and. Sterling says, we found the opponent for the 30th match for Jade, and we've got two options, and I've gone with option A. The most prestigious librarian, Lever Bates. And Jade is mad and says that she's a joke, and she wants to know what the second option is. And uh, Sterling feels a little, I don't know, well, it's Marina Shafir. She, Jade is like, I don't know who that is. And she's like, oh, well, she's this MMA fighter, and she's pretty good. And Jade says, I'll take care of Marina Shafir and take care of my baddie section. And then tells Tony to cut the shit. Um, what is the baddie section? Is this something I've, like, they, missed? They actually showed it later on. I think it was during the Tony Storm match. So I think, like, last week, I don't know if it was, like, on Twitter. But Jade, like, requested, like, the baddies, which was, like, you know, the good-looking women, I guess, um, kind of submit their photos to Jade, and then she'll go ahead and pick them out and, and have them sit in her actual section. I'm not sure if this is, like, legit or planted people, but later on they actually show, like, six or seven women just all kind of sitting in the same row. So, yeah, the baddie section, I guess, is supposed to be, like, there to kind of, like, cheer her on, her own little uh, personal fan club, I guess. Nice. But, um, yeah, I'm actually intrigued with this match. I don't know how this is going to go, honestly. I, I can't see Jade pinning marina like cleanly at least and i can't see marina taking the title off of jade if this is a title match so i can see some sort of like shenanigans where jade might win but by disqualification or something i'm actually really intrigued with this match they didn't announce when it was going to happen i don't think it's not part of rampage or dynamite so maybe it's going to be a battle of the belts i'm not sure Mm. they're going to like you know put it on there but i'm actually really intrigued with with this match just to see like the outcome of it yeah yeah it is interesting because they've i I can't see jade dropping the title at this point but you don't really want... I, I know she's been working on Dark. It's not like a debut, but it would be a main roster, like Dynamite debut for Marina and yep. to lose right away. I kind of maybe saw her being a surprise opponent for 
Serena Deeb with her kind of five minute challenge and could have just come in and beaten her up and tapped her out yeah. like right away. I thought that would be a nice introduction, but we'll see. It is definitely interesting, right? How they're going to go with this one. And we go to our next match, Brian Danielson versus Wheeler Utah with William Regal on commentary and uh, Regal bringing up that he he slapped Utah the other week. He likes what he sees in him and really liked that Utah was kind of prepared to hit him back. Um, he hey, I, he likes this really kid. quick. I kind, of, I, I, I kind of find it funny how how Regal joined Danielson, but he didn't come out with uh, Moxley. No, like, I he know. Just, like like he's with him, but you, you can tell he favors Danielson a lot more. That's like his favorite child out of the two. I feel even like. on commentary, uh, Excalibur I think says calls Danielson one of the best in the world, and Regal's like one of the best. He is the yeah. best in the world. Like he is. <laughs> I noticed that. Excalibur's yeah. like ah, oh, one of them. You're like nope. He is the best in the world. Yeah, Excalibur put his foot down. He's like, I stand by my I statement. Sta- I was like, oh, yeah. oh <laughs> So, uh, and this is where Excalibur plugs Utah's match on Friday, uh, but doesn't say where it is. There's the uh, double wrist lock uh, kind of pinning bridge spot with Danielson driving the knees into the gut of Utah. Um, but then uh, just some great mat wrestling between the two to start with, with these gorgeous transitions. And then Danielson starts to bring the brutality by doing a big slap across the face of Yuta. Uh, Yuta comes back with a big drop kick and starts delivering elbow strikes of his own. And then applies an Indian deathlock with a bridge. But Danielson gets to the ropes. And both kind of Regal and Excalibur here make a point of noting that Danielson doesn't normally go for a rope break. He likes to wrestle out of these holds. So really putting over Yuta here. Um, Yuta then jumps off the top and gets kicked in the midsection. And now Danielson is lighting up Utah with these dirty chops. Wow, these sounded like so painful. (laughs) And just these kicks in the corner. This fires up Utah, who starts delivering some chops of his own. And then there's a backslide from Utah for a two count. Danielson comes back with a rolling elbow. Utah with a nice German suplex with a bridge for a two count. There's the dragon suplex from Brian. Uh, Brian goes for cattle mutilation, but Yuta counters this and starts raining down with these elbow strikes to uh, Brian. He goes for the seatbelt, I think he calls it. Yeah, the seatbelt pin. I love that. Like the way he like twists him into a pin. Like that's one of my favorite like looking pins. I think. But Brian slips out of it and hits the boost psycho knee. And just goes to the ref and tells him to check him. Is he out? So the ref checks on Utah, but he's still got a bit of life in him. So Danielson grabs the wrists, looks down, and Utah just spits in his Ugh. face. Ugh. Ugh. And Danielson starts stomping down on him, kicking his fucking head in, and then hits the gotch style pile driver. Followed by the label lock. But while he's doing this, he's really like wrenching on the nose and just pushing his hands in his face. Looks so painful. Just fucking murders this kid. Uh, and Danielson wins in what I think was an awesome match. Yeah, this this was my match of the night. This match was great. Like just, as soon as it was, it was announced, I'm like, yeah, these two are gonna kill each other. Um, the entire match, Regal was like very heavily complimenting. Um, Yuta as well. Like, I feel like he's going to join the combat club Got at this to. point, like, especially after this match. Um, but that, that spit spot, that was, oh, you saw, like, chunks in Danielson's beard after. It was like, still it was there like, when he was, like, celebrating. Yeah, you just saw I this. Was like, oh. 
But but I love how like you know he had the match one and then he just stomped him in and then hit him with the pile driver and then put him on the cross. Like the whole like ending sequence was was so brutal. But like this was like Yuta's like standout like match. I feel like I mean he's had a couple already. Um, but it's it's crazy to think like this is the same guy that got destroyed by Moxley like in like what ten seconds a couple months ago and now he's having these like crazy matches with Danielson. But um yeah I, I want to see Yuta just just join this group. I think and, that kick ass beautifully adds to the story though. The fact oh, yeah, it's, sure. it's part of canon, isn't it? Like him just being humiliated by Mox uh, back in the day. And and then his rematch with Mox, he got a little bit more in. Like each time he's getting more and more in. Um, I, I think this is just evident of how you can put a guy over in a loss. Uh, every week, Utah is uh, winning over more and more people. And I know a lot of people were very high up on this guy from the Indies and like that hour-long oh, yeah. match with Garcia last year. Um, but they're doing great work here. And I think, I feel like the spit in the face is even something that Danielson would respect. He's like, Mm. yeah, you've brought it all right to the end. Uh, but yeah, this was awesome stuff. I love this style of wrestling. Danielson, obviously the best at it. And when he's matching with these, you know, these Moriarty's, these Garcia's, these Utah's, it's, it's really exciting stuff. Yeah, and Danielson didn't come out with the Blackpool Combat Club shirt. He's never going to wear their merch. Is he? Ne- no, no, never. <laughs> Moxley had a pretty sick, uh, like, hoodie, like a Black Combat hoodie, which I actually, actually like better. It was just, like, regular, like, script or whatever. But I, it looked a lot better than the shirt design. Well, we go to uh, a little video package just hyping up the main event. Uh, Darby telling uh, Andrade to drop the assistant, the suit, and the money. This is going to be one-on-one tonight. And then, I don't know if this is their official new name, but the Undisputed Elite. Yeah, yeah, I did see it, like, trademarked, like, earlier this week. And, like, it's better than whatever their Paragon, whatever they were going with before. Um, but I honestly don't like this name. It feels very something like TNA would do, where they would take a WWE name and just twist it. Like, Undisputed Elite, like, really? Like, that just seems like a toy line or something. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the name. Like, it, obviously they want to have the connection, but like, I don't know. Just call it Adam Cole and Red Dragon at this point. You don't have to give them this title, I feel like. Mm. I will say though, the the elite always do the, the you have like the golden elite and the, right. the like super elite and that, super elite, that kind yeah. of thing. So it, it kind of works uh, like that. Yeah. Um, I, I know what you mean. It does feel a bit tacky, but then, you look and it's every week. Braden and I are like, sorry, we're calling them the Undisputed Era yeah, until they I mean, come up with a name that they're, they're the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I mean they're still UE, right? You can call them UE now, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. So uh, they come out with the stolen titles, the World Championship, and the tag titles with uh, sticky labels on it with their names written on <laughs> in marker pen, and they come out with a box labeled Top Secret Party Supplies. They open it up and about. Four or five golden balloons come out of this, um, and this. I wish they had like a. a what, what, what color was Okada's balloons? Were they red when he would come out? Yeah. <laughs> I wish they had like one just random red balloon yeah. kind of mixed in there. Like, oh, what's that? <laughs> and then uh, they say this is the undisputed elite's championship celebration, and then they say Hangman and Jurassic Express are not here tonight. They're not here because they weren't invited to the party, but also they're ashamed and embarrassed that we took so easily these championships from them. And they say, yes, took. A lot of people have been saying we stole these, but you can't steal something that belongs to you. 
This isn't just for the three of us, but this is for all of you and all of AEW, as AEW needs a new era. It needs a new crew to run the show, and AEW has the best three pro wrestlers on the planet to do it. Kyle then says, I see a lot of haters saying that we don't have enough wins, but we're wicked and the rankings don't matter and everyone loves us and says that he's had too much champagne and needs to sit down. Kyle, Kyle was a little off on this. I know. Yeah. What, what, he always, what was this? Like, <laughs> he, it was weird. He always does the kind of goofy thing, but it just, it didn't hit at all here for me. Uh, and it just, yeah, it almost he, felt like, like he like, just forgot he... his lines. <laughs> Yeah, he just like sat down and started like like clutching his stomach. I'm like, is there okay? Is he okay? Like, yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on. I think he was just playing drunk. Um, yeah. Bobby says we'll put our resume against anyone in the industry. You're looking at the three of the baddest dudes this industry has to offer, bar no one. And this celebration is gonna go on all night long. When, well, before the interference, what did you think of uh, this little promo here? Yeah. It was okay. I'll be honest. I wasn't like too big of a fan. I saw when I, once I saw the box that said like you know party supplies. I'm like, oh, what's this? What's going on here? Like it just I don't know. It just seemed like a little like kind of like filler to fill some time before, um, you know what happened next. But like the whole O'Reilly thing didn't really do anything for me. I'm just like I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, it was whatever. They're, they're they're supposed to come off as like arrogant jerks, so I guess that worked. I think the uh, I just think it's. It's a problem to me sometimes when all these heel factions are just goofy. Like, we've seen yeah. it with JAS. The Bucks with uh, Cutler are usually pretty goofy. And you've got these three kind of goofing off as well. Um, yeah, now, now that you think about it, like, who is, like, the serious heel faction in AEW? Like, is there one? Andrade's? Like, like <laughs> I guess House of Black, in a way, is, like, serious. Yeah. But that's still kind of goofy in its own way. But you don't have, like, those killers, like... Like, you know, every, like you said, everybody's pretty much goofy. You have, like, the Jer- Jericho Association Society. You have the Undisputed Elite. Everybody has, like, the goofy, like, you know, BTE-style comedy to them. You don't really have, like, a, a group of ruthless killers except, like, the Blackpool Combat Club. But they're not heels. They're, they're baby faces. It's a, little, it's a little weird. But, um, yeah, I can see, like, what you're saying. Like, where everybody kind of has that same type of comedy style to them. But I feel like that's just what fits in AEW. Mm. Hangman's music hits, and he comes out in a Tesla with longhorns on the, on the front, <laughs> storms the ring, tries to fight them all up off, hits a fallaway slam and a kip-up, goes for the buckshot to Cole, but Red Dragon saves him. When Christian and Jurassic Express attack them from behind, Luchasaurus hits a choke slam to Bobby, Cole gets run rolled in, uh, Paige goes for the buckshot lariat, but Cole ducks, and Hangman back body drops Cole to the outside on top of the rest of, uh, on top of Red Dragon. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like the same thing we've been seeing with these two factions the last couple of weeks or so. But now they kind of like threw in Christian in there. So like, you know, what's what's going to happen now? Because before it was just three on three, but now Christian's getting involved with this, which he hasn't been getting involved too, too lately. Um, did you see the BTE segment where it was like, uh, well, who was it? Young Bucks and Red Dragon were like talking about having a match or something. And then like Christian kind of popped in. I don't know if you saw that segment. No, I didn't. Yeah, they're they're like teasing some sort of match or whatever, and then like Christian was kind of there, and like he doesn't have a partner, so they're like, oh, who's gonna be his partner? So that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, this segment was a, was okay. I guess I just want to know when this match is happening, and like at this point, like just just make it official, like sign the match. I feel like they're just kind of like stalling until they they you know have an actual like event for this to happen at. Yeah, I this this feud whole feud hasn't really done it for me 
at all. Um, and I can't say the whole stealing of the titles. It feels, I hate that stuff. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like a blood feud to me when you're just running around stealing each other's titles. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of expect the undisputed elite to like steal the Tesla next and kind of rip off the Longhorns and spray paint. Like that's just like what this feud is doing at this point. Just a whole bunch of stealing and, yeah. and destruction. It, and it certainly doesn't feel the hottest pro, uh, program going at the moment. And it's your world title. Yeah. Um, we now finally get Thunder Rosa's celebration because uh, she was <laughs> cut short last week. So uh, she says, it was a shame it was cut short, but I am your new women's champion. And I'm the first Mexican-born wrestler to achieve this. Did, did, did what, make a world championship? I didn't quite understand. I guess in AEW? Maybe, yeah, right? I assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said I put women's wrestling back on the top. I clawed to be the top of this. And I don't want to be the face of this division. I want to be the face of all women's wrestling. And whenever I get to the top, there are always bullies who want to take me down. Pillars get knocked down, but foundations remain standing. And I will be a foundation in this industry. Nyla, I know you had a message for me. I'm going to invite you to listen to these words. And I hope you don't need Vicky to dumb this down. It doesn't matter where it is, when it is, but I will defend this title. So putting out the challenge there to Nyla. But I thought uh, Rosa sounded pretty good. Yeah, I love the line about the pillars getting knocked down, foundation stays standing. Like, that was a great mm. line. Um, but yeah, this is, you know, it wasn't like the celebration that I guess, you know, she wanted, but it was a good promo yep. to, to hype up this match. Um, you know, she was saying how, like, she'll face anybody and they'll be whatever. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get this, this match. There's another match that they haven't announced where it's going to happen. Mm. But, um, yeah. We're, this is definitely going to be her her first. Um, really quick, because I think Chris Elliott in the chat room brought it up earlier about how maybe one of the, the baddies in the baddie section could be help for Jade when she fights Marina Shafir. And the first person that popped up in my head was Kayla Rossi, who I think she's only been exclusive to Dark. She's been like kind of like um, the muscle for Joey Janela. And I know that she's like somebody that Jade had brought in as like her own personal friend. They're like fitness friends or whatever. Okay. And she's like a pretty big, big girl, but she does like a lot of like uh, agile moves and whatever. So I can definitely see her being like the muscle behind jade because she's bigger than jade um so that, that was a good shout by by chris to kind of bring that up as like somebody from the baddie section because mm. what, what 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 other reason would you kind of like out of nowhere introduce this section of women standing ringside um unless somebody's gonna do something so yeah that would make sense to have somebody kind of help um jade win and i feel like kayla could be the one for that um but yeah as far as this match goes like yeah i mean i see nala just being like the first obstacle for thunder rosa then maybe she can kind of I don't know who she's going to fight after this, but I can see, like, you know, a next challenger for her pretty soon after Nyla Rose. Yeah, I mean, you could have the... I, I guess Nyla would probably be... Yeah, it would be before Double or Nothing, so you'd need a oh, yeah. challenger for that. But then maybe the winner of the Owen is after that, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, that won't be for a while, because that doesn't wrap up till... Double or Nothing. Double or yeah. Nothing, yeah. So, okay. We see FTR backstage and says, it's been said by people like the Ass Boys that we take ourselves too seriously. And maybe we do, but it's because we want to be the best. We are AAA Tag Champions. This Friday will be new ROH Tag Champions, and we will be the first two-time AEW Champions. And we came to build a reputation we want to be the greatest tag team and therefore we're suggesting ftr young bucks 2 let's find out who is the greatest 
there's a lot of challenges being thrown. I feel like I need to have like a, a spreadsheet with all these different challenges being thrown around and when they're going to happen and who's going to wrestle. But um, yeah, this is a match that obviously I want to happen. Everybody wants to watch this rematch between FTR and Young Bucks. Um, but yeah, they they mentioned ROH, which is you know mm-hmm. interesting. They, like you said, they didn't mention who they're fighting, but I can honestly for like 99% see um, them winning these ROH tag titles and then defending them against uh, the Young Bucks. And again, I think FTR just saying the stuff they've always said, but this time it, it it's just a little bit more babyface. They kind of justifying yep. why, look, we just want to be the best. That's why we take it so seriously. Um, yeah, I thought they had a good showing this week. Yep. And we go to a qualifying match for the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament. It is The Bunny taking on a mystery opponent. AE debut, it's Tony Storm. It's Tony time. And it, it made sense because I didn't think about this till after. But when she quit the company or whatever she did, walked out, it was literally like the end of December. So yesterday made like, what, 90 days. Right. So it actually like made perfect sense. I didn't even think about that. I kept thinking Mia Yim um, because of the connection with Keith Lee. And then uh, recently, like, I guess there was an issue with her, like, not having the rights to her name. And I think WWE finally gave her the rights to use Mia Yim. So, like, the timing was there. So I feel like she could have been um, a good person to to debut. Uh, Athena, the former Ember Moon, I was expecting as well. Only one I knew for sure that it couldn't have been would be Tegan Knox because I think she's having visa issues. Okay. So she's not able to wrestle currently. Um, but Tony Storm was a little surprising. Obviously, with what she's doing on the side now, I feel like she, she doesn't even have to wrestle anymore if she doesn't want to. And I don't think she even has any, like, WrestleMania week bookings or anything. She's not really doing anything. So I maybe thought that wrestling was kind of like something that she wasn't ready to go back to because one of her reasonings for leaving WWE was she was burnt out. She needed some time away. So I didn't and expect I, her to come back. And I figured spending time with, like, her family in Australia and, yeah. uh, like, yeah. CJ Parker so is... is more over there, isn't he? Sorry, CJ exactly. Parker. What am I talking about? Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson, yeah. You see, I watch, but, um, too much, I watch way more 2013 <laughs> NXT than I do current day New Japan. <laughs> so I was a little, like, surprised by it. i mean we heard rumors that like she was backstage at AEW a couple weeks ago so i was like, okay whatever but i didn't honestly didn't expect her to sign mm. with AEW. so um yeah she got a really good reaction as well when yeah, she came yeah, out a lot, a, lot of, a lot of fans a lot a lot of a lot of fans for tony mm. well <laughs> the bunny shoves her goes for a slap and gets forearmed in the face tony then goes for a spear through the ropes but gets caught up and kneed in the ribs by the bunny there's then a clothesline on the outside from the bunny After the break, they're both in the ring trading strikes. There's a back rake from Bunny, a big clothesline from Tony Storm, and then a fisherman suplex for a two count. Bunny comes back with a Death Valley driver and then hits two super kicks, but Tony kicks out. Uh, The Bunny sets up for down the rabbit hole, but this gets counted into a German suplex and then the Storm Zero pile driver for the win. Yeah, um, it was okay. It was okay match. Most I've probably seen of Tony. Like I feel like she wrestled more in this one match than any of the matches she had on SmackDown combined. I felt like um, she definitely looked in like different shape. Like Tony Storm, she looked a lot like slimmer, mm-hmm. a lot like just the way she dressed and everything was was different. So she looked different. She had like a still like that eighties type of style, like rock music when she came mm-hmm. out. I actually went the AW their YouTube page put it up this morning, so I went back and listened to it. it has that real eighties vibe to it, so I guess she's still the daughter of somebody who loved eighties music, yes. whatever her gimmick <laughs> was on SmackDown. But um yeah, I mean the bunny probably got a lot more offense than she 
should have in somebody's debut. But um, you know, AEW wants to keep their people strong, I guess. But um, so this is a qualifier match. So this is not like the official tournament, I guess. But they said like next week they're gonna have more qualifier matches. Yeah, but it's a knockout both. tournament anyway. So it's just right. So it's just round I don't one. Really, yeah, yeah. So I I didn't think this was very good to be honest. I do see the marketability of a Tony Storm, but yeah. I really don't think she's a good wrestler. Um. I thought her and the bunny looked kind of equal here. And I don't really think she... It would be interesting to see how she is unscripted promo, because maybe that'll be something that just unlocks something and maybe she'll right. she'll be great. But I can't say I've ever really been a fan of her on the mic either. So th- this is a, divi- a division that definitely needs more bodies and needs more women. And you look at Tony, she looks like a star, so could mix in quite well. But I personally would have been a bit more interested in an Athena or a Mia Yim. Uh, you know who I feel bad for? Uh, a Ruby Soho. Like, how easily she got where is she? she had this huge debut. Yeah. She's been teaming up with Anna Jay on Dark. That's been, like, this new tag team now that Anna Jay is not with Ty Conti. But, like, literally, like, she's... Like, Tony Storm even has like, the same type of look, I feel like, as a, as a Ruby Soho in a way. So it's like she literally is coming in, like, replacing um, Ruby. I feel bad for people like her. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's one of the issues with... AW we talk about every week is just like the brand new toy and yeah. forget about who was there. Then Tony Storm's going to be forgotten when, you know, Tegan Knox comes in or whatever. So I, yeah, I just feel like a, a, a Ruby Soho, Serena Deeb, a Mercedes Martinez, there's people you should be featuring more to get your other talents, like kind of up to scratch. Uh, Cause they're not like Sheeta as well. We, she disappears. I feel they, I feel they they're totally, the wrestlers. They, they're yeah. they're the good wrestlers in the company. Jamie Hayter as well. I don't think Tony Storm is that, and I don't think she's going to be coming in to have classics with with these yeah. people. So uh, I I understand the signing. I, I'm not. I think I'm happy with more signings to the women's division, but I I didn't think this was a very impressive debut. Uh, but the crowd were excited to see her. Yeah, I mean, I saw her, and then I heard Jr. and I was just like cowboy emoji yeah that's all i yeah, thought yeah. of <laughs> i also i i'm a bit disappointed that it is just a single elimination tournament um yeah i feel we already have that we have the eliminator tournaments yearly yeah. in in all three divisions men's women's and tags um and i think with all the shows you've got you've got your your dynamites your rampages you've got battle of the belts every now and then you've got dark you've got dark elevation you could do a like a round robin G1 style tournament, which would be very different for US TV. And it's something you can do. You don't have to do it like the G1 is when it's really condensed. It can just be, oh, this week on, on Dark Elevation, you've got this match, which is maybe with some of your lower card talents who are in the tournament. I think it would make it a bit more interesting because we see a lot of these eliminator tournaments and... No, it doesn't really differentiate the the Owen. Yeah, and it would make those shows like Dark and Elevation more like, you know, must-see because of those stipulations for those matches. But yeah, I agree. But yeah, it's just another tournament at this point. Like, we didn't even, like, I don't think we even got, like, an idea of how many people are in this tournament. They haven't really said no, anything. No brackets just, or anything, you know, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how, I guess, it, it looks once, like, these people qualify for the official tournament. We're backstage with Nyla Rose and Vicky. Vicky gets on the mic and says, the only thing that got my attention is you insulting our intelligence. You want to be the foundation. Uh, then, sorry, uh, Nyla says, you want to be the foundation. Nah, I am the foundation. I am the cornerstone and I refuse to be a footnote. 
I'll be your genie, abracadabra, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, you want a deaf wish, rub my magic lamp, and I'll be your genie. Yeah. <laughs> abracadabra, bitch. Yeah, I, I have to admit, like, Nala gets me with those, like, uh, closing bitch lines. Yeah. She, seems, she seems to do, like, on a weekly basis now, so it's fun. I think she's fine on the mic. I don't, I don't yeah. mind her, and for, like, a... We said she's like Kane. You get that first yeah. first match. I think she's absolutely fine. I really don't think she needs Vicky. <laughs> I think she's absolutely yeah. fine on her own. Um, but yeah, so I imagine we'll be getting that match in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, we then get announced. We've we've ran through Rampage, but uh, next week on Dynamite, there's going to be a tables match between the Butcher and the Blade and the Hardys. Um, so Hardy's just so, just pulling so out Jeff, all the classics what, what, right away. What's yeah? What's Jeff Hardy gonna jump off of next week? Yeah, <laughs> land to the table is what I'm thinking of. So yeah, so it should be exciting. And we go to our main event of the evening. It's Andrade El Idolo taking on Darby Allen. Uh, Darby comes out and fist bumps Sting to send him to the back. And as he's coming to the ring. He gets hit by this. This is, you know, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but this is exactly what I do in the morning. I drop off my son and I fist pump yeah. him. <laughs> All right, go to school. Like, have, have a fun day, son. Have See you later. Day. That's exactly what it was. Uh, so Sting goes to the back. Darby's come into the ring and gets hit by a huge Tornillo immediately from Andrade, which looked awesome. And then just launches Darby over the timekeeper's table. Uh, commentary are pointing out that Andrade has beefed up. He's now 240 pounds and did look noticeably bigger here. Yeah. Um, Darby comes back by doing the double stomp with the skateboard to, uh, to Andrade's back, then leaps off the steel steps, but gets caught vertically, like in a vertical suplex position and dumped into the crowd. And then Andrade dumps Darby on the steps. They finally get to the ring. And that is when the bell rings officially starting the match. Andrade goes for his running knees in the corner, but stops and just boots Darby in the face and launches him against the turnbuckle and now hits the double knees. Uh, but there's a rope break from Darby. Uh, Andrade then applies this like standing bow and arrow into a backbreaker, which looked pretty cool. I thought I've not seen him do this before. And then goes for the razor's edge, but this gets countered into a code red. There's then this big palm strike exchange where they're both swinging for the fences and then both connect with this big slap. And both fall to the mat. Andrade then gets to his feet, removes his belt and goes to whip Darby. But Bryce takes it away from him, allowing Darby to use his own belt to trip over Andrade. Then hits the Stun Dog Millionaire Stunner for a two count. And now they're both fighting on top of the second rope. And Darby hits this crucifix, kind of flipping right over into this Fujiwara armbar. This looked yeah, awesome and terrifying because yeah. Andrade was so close to just landing on his head here. Uh, looked great. And this is when Jose, the assistant, wearing his shirt this week, comes to the <laughs> ring and Sting takes him out from behind. Now the Butcher and the Blade run out to beat up Sting, but Darby hits a high cross, taking them both out. Uh, Darby then goes for the springboard coffin splash, but gets caught and thrown into the turnbuckle with this big buckle bomb, allowing Andrade to hit El Idolo, the Hammerlock DDT, for the win. Yeah, 
the match was okay. Um, I just get scared whenever I watch Andrade. Whenever I watch Darby fight, yeah, uh, with some of these spots, like where he got like tossed into the steel steps, and then at one point there was like a back body drop, and like Darby falls like right on his face. Like I was just like, I get scared. Like, one day he's not going to be so lucky, is he? Yeah, like I'm just like you know how much can this can his body take? Um, but yeah, the match was good. I mean, this is the first time they actually had a one on one match, so it was a pretty big deal. Um, the the ending sequence was great with the whole like um, reversing into the El Idolo and all that. Like, that was really good. I was actually I was actually surprised that Andrade got the win here. Um, Darby doesn't really you know get too many losses. I feel like you know, so there's a pretty big big win for Andrade. But um, the match was good. It wasn't my favorite match of the show, but it was definitely out there. Yeah. Uh... Do you assume this... I mean, we're going to get, like, different tag matches and combinations with the Hardys and stuff. Um, Where... Where do you think Andrade is going to move on to after this feud? Because I I think Sting and Darby are probably going to end up with a a match against the Hardys down the line. And you'll have maybe a a Jeff and Darby match. I feel they're going to be tied up with them for a while. But I am interested with Andrade. yeah, I feel like if, if Jeff and Darby are going to have like a one-on-one match, I can definitely see Andrade and Matt Hardy because they haven't had their one-on-one watch their one one like oh, match yet, right? Yeah. So they're going to have to have that at some point, I feel like, um, just to like kind of wrap up that storyline unless they just totally drop it. Um, but yeah, I can see Andrade going after Sammy again. Like there was no appearance of Sammy on this show. So whenever Sammy is done with his, I guess, feud with the uh, American top team, I can see them Andrade. I can see Andrade actually getting the TNT title um, if he keeps like this run going. I'd like that. I, I would like a... A more of a a focused top level feud for Andrade because I think he's great and especially like the shape he's in now it looks like he's trying to like get that main event level look um but yeah just just want to see this guy more I, I feel we we rarely see yeah. him wrestle uh would like to Andrade Andrade versus CM Punk would be a yeah, great absolutely. match if they, if they if they you know go to that down the road um but yeah I totally agree and, and you got to try to make this AFO like into something a little bit more serious, mm. so why not have their leader as a champion? But yeah, I enjoyed the match. I, I like, as you said, it's kind of terrifying watching Derby, but he's he's a good guy to just throw around. I, I thought the match was pretty fun, but definitely my match of the night was um, was Danielson and Wheeler Utah. Yep. After the match, private party run out to beat down uh, the the baby faces here. When the Hardys run out for the save, Matt holding a chair. Jeff gets out a table and there's a twist of fate to Mark Quinn followed by the Swanton bomb. And now, like, Jeff doesn't want to take this on his ass anymore and just flattens <laughs> these guys. This looks so painful, this Swanton. Uh, yeah. But that to close the show with the big Hardy Boys reaction. But again, for me, really enjoyable episode of AEW. I thought this was way better paced. Uh, it It kind of didn't feel as frantic as some some other weeks and i felt the same i think it was last week was kind of paced quite nicely too um it's also just nice for me watching this at one in the afternoon rather than uh three in the morning or whatever it is uh so i appreciated that but yeah i enjoyed this week and i thought there was some solid wrestling yeah, it was a good show. Like it was, I kind of like how Dynamite now. It's like, yeah, obviously, like you said it's taking its time. It's it's slowing down its pace. But I also like how they don't announce that many matches till like right almost close to showtime. So you kind of like it's kind of like wrapping up presents. Like oh, like you know, what wh- what is Tony Khan gonna announce next? And oh my god, I didn't expect you know Lethal and Moxley. I didn't expect Yuta and Danielson. So it's pretty cool to kind of get like those day of announcements. I feel like that makes it a little bit more exciting as we're like inching towards the actual start time of the show but yeah the, the show was good and it was in south carolina the first time in south carolina and i did see that paul white does have a match because he is from south carolina so i think on elevation we'll be seeing 
a rare Paul White oh. singles match, believe it or not. Yeah, exciting. so that should be pretty exciting to look forward to that uh, on next Monday. So, but yeah. And where can you hear show, all about that match? On Shot in the Dark, which I'm actually rarely wear my own merch, but I'm wearing <laughs> it for this for this day because I couldn't find anything else to wear for this show. So uh, yeah, buy your shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com slash up next. You can get a Shot in the Dark shirt and hear me talk all about Paul White on AW Dark Elevation next week. Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, obviously, you'll be hearing us from us all again very soon. Uh, this Saturday, right after Stan and Deliver, Braden and I will be doing our post-show live on twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast and on this very feed. Uh, tomorrow on the Patreon, we've got a surprise April Fool's Day episode coming up. Um, and first of the month, best time to sign up for our Patreon. We've got a lot set for April uh, including our best match ever, Scott Hall. We're finally doing the long-anticipated Power Rangers Turbo review with Scrump from Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, and our old uh, usual was next episodes. Uh, we're lo- looking at August 2013 NXT. Full schedule will be coming up uh, on our socials very, very soon. So have a look. It's only five bucks to join and you've got over 400 shows in our back catalogue to go back and enjoy as well. Uh, if you want to join us in Leeds or in Toronto for WrestleMania Night 2 and the live podcast event, uh, check out the links from our description here. You can go to Eventbrite for the Toronto show or grapple.bigcartel.com. But that wraps us up for this week for BD Elite. Sino, thank you very much for filling in. Uh, you're no you're problem. the best Anytime. fill-in in in the world. You're you're on all the shows. You were doing Rewinder Dynamite the other week, very last minute, and then and then hop in ship and and come into us this week. But we appreciate it sure, and yeah. we love you. No problem. Love you too. And we love you as well, our listeners. Thank you very much. You can find us at Up Next Podcast, and you can find me at Davy Portman. Sino, where can we find you? Cino Evil, C-N-O-E-V-I-L on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all your socials. Well, that's it. Take care, be safe, and abracadabra, bitch. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.